I was watching Tanya playing the Congos. My finger hurts. <laughs> wow. Give God some praise for the band for four people sounding like a choir. We are on the ninth sermon of this series, The Constructing Idol to Resurrect the Living Christ. Today, the subject matter that I'm going to deal with, and I probably will be dealing with it for the next couple of Sundays, next Sunday especially, seeing Jesus as Lord and God. Seeing Jesus as Lord and God. Jesus, the God man. <laughs> Father, even now. Father, even now. Pour out on us by your spirit. Lord, increase the anointing as we stand in your presence. Lord, saturate us that we may see the truth, see you more clearly. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Our reading is going to come from Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, out of the amplified, and um, I'll stop when I stop. But whatever form of things I had that might have been of gain to me, of importance to me, that which I thought made me something, that I thought that was going to be a benefit to me in life. That I thought was going to uh, make me whole. Huh. That which I chased after, because I thought that it was going to do what I thought it was going to do, but when I had it, it didn't do it. Oh, let, me, let me let that go. I've come to consider all of it together, lost for Christ's sake. He said, yes, furthermore, I count everything as lost compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, the supreme advantage of what's this, of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply, intimately acquainted with him. That is perceiving, that is recognizing, understanding him more fully and clearly for his sake. I have lost everything. Amen. Ass, ass, ass. Hmm. Notice that in our reading, he doesn't say religion. 
Notice in, in the reading, he talks about Christ as though Christ is a person, as though Christ can be related to, understood, known, as though, it, as, though, as, as though he's right here, right now, and the truth of the matter, he is. <laughs> oh, we got to understand this. This is critical to understand. Because if all you have is religion, then you don't have nothing. The stumbling block, which has always been the stumbling block, is about Jesus. You can't trade for another religion because what we have, if you really have it, is a relationship. You have become, if you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit has come to live within you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he will begin to talk to you, prop you, but most of all, his number one job is to show you, Jesus, that you can walk in relationship with him. Got a call yesterday. Got a call yesterday. Young man that I met from my nephew, but, but he, bad boy when it comes to construction. And he, years ago, I saw something on him, so I call him nephew, he calls me unk. And, and we stay in contact, I pray for him, because I, I know there's something on him. Major in the streets, major drugs, major stuff, hard childhood. But there's an anointing on him that was on him when I first met him. Just lost his mom, and we was talking yesterday, and he said, um, you know, he stepped along with you. He said, something's happening. These are the people I used to hang with. I don't want to hang with them no more. <laughs> These are the things I used to do. I don't have no desire to do that no more. As we talk, we laugh, and I say, yeah, that's what Christ will do to you. <laughs> Listen, it's not that he chose to change He's changing because of his relationship with, the, with, the, in, with, with Jesus, the incarnate God, through the Holy Spirit that is in him. And he doesn't even understand the process of the change, but because God did that with me, I could explain to him what God was doing with him. Do you realize that Paul lost everything? When I say everything, I mean everything that he, I told you before, he would have been the up-and-coming Obama. And he turned it down. My question to us is, what is it that so touched him? What is it that so changed him that it literally caused him to uproot everything he thought before? For everything he was chasing, he says is nothing. From the inside of him, everything changed. I'm convinced 
that, that if there's not major changes in our life when we accept Jesus, you don't see him. I'm convinced that we change from who we are to who he's called us to be by the degree that we see him. There's the, the, the reality of his personhood, the reality of him being the incarnated God is so real. Ah. When you see him, you don't call him the man upstairs. Because you recognize he's God. He's God. He's very God. Oh. I, I don't know how far I'm going to get. I'm probably not going to get very far. But, but Paul, says, Paul, Paul says that I count everything lost. So all of a sudden, everything that I thought I was chasing that make me something. All the things of this earth that I thought was going to benefit me. The way that the world had me going and the way I chose to go, I was something, I was somebody, I belonged, I had significance, I was going to be rich, I was going to have a big name. But once I saw him, (laughs) your seeking above everything else should be seeing Christ. The first commandment says, love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, which means that you come to a place where you're ready to surrender your want-tos. Oh, somebody didn't hear me. I would have got a a bigger ooh. You get to the place that when you recognize it's him or your want-tos that you let go of your one-twos. If you choose you being you, instead of becoming what Christ called you to be, you lose. I'm talking to Christians. I'm not just talking to non-believers. Because just because you're saved, that doesn't stop there. Did you hear what Paul said? He said that I may progressively get deeper in him because I recognize that he's my everything. He, he, he fills my soul that I recognize everything I was chasing. I was chasing the wind. But now that I see, he says in Acts 26, as he is talking to Agrippa, he says this. He says, he said, he said, he said, on my way to Damascus, a light shine that was brighter than the sun. He said, the other people with me heard the voice, but they didn't see the light. <laughs> Can I explain what's happening here? Everybody may be hearing my voice, but everybody not seeing. You can come to church for 100 years. That don't mean you see. You can quote the scriptures backwards and forwards. That don't mean you see. Listen, I get phone calls from people who grew up in church who now has changed religion. I say to them, then you never saw him. 
Because this isn't a religion. This is a relationship. And if you can move from relationship to you think that you can work your way into heaven, that you can follow some rules, follow this, and you're going to see God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except by me. He said, if you think that you can get to God and you don't see me as God, then whatever you got isn't the right thing. But my brother and sister, we, what we believe is under attack. If Christ is not the center point, not one of the points, the center point, of your life, you are in danger. I am seeing people that I never thought would move from Christianity, grew up in Christianity, being seduced, deceived by lies. And unless you are Staying secure in the word, developing your prayer life, getting around saints, and, and beginning to encourage one another, you are in danger. When Satan can isolate you by yourself, because the battle is in your mind. Paul says, he says, even though I didn't know him before, and I was reading in the Old Testament, I knew the Old Testament, I still didn't see him. <laughs> he said, I, I, I'm a Pharisee. I can quote most of the Old Testament, especially the Torah, but he will read it blind. Can, can I ask a question? Are we reading blind? Are we coming to church blind? Because unless we see the, he's it. Not in religion, not in fashion, but he made you to be in relationship with him. Let's, let's listen, to, listen to Paul. He says, he said, everything, well, let's, let's move on. Let's go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. He says, but but made known to you, brothers, that the gospel was preached by me is not according to man. This is what they say to me. You are reading a man's book and they wrote it. Then you haven't done the study and I, I have done. I have done the study and the Bible and the New Testament is the most documented ancient writing of all writings. Let me explain what that means. There are so many partial copies, copies, ancient copies of the Bible, over 700 to 1,000 copies, that there's no other ancient book that is documented like your Bible. None. None. God 
placed his hand on it. And these documentations are all over the world, and they're finding pieces of it. And they say it matched it word for word. And this is ancient writings of different times. That means that it's not messed with. It wasn't rewritten wrong. It is the same as the original. And it was spread. And it's saying that above all ancient writings, the documentation of the New Testament is more certified. This is not blind faith. God, God, God said, if you really want to know me, and if you do the research for yourself, you will find out that my word is true. The, 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 the artifacts, when they dig up tills, tills on the hills that cities was built on top of cities, they're finding biblical artifacts that the Bible talks about that nobody thought was true, and the Bible is being proven by artifacts over there in Israel as they dig. They used to say David was a fetishing character until they found a, 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 a what they say, a, a teal, a, a, a certified, and it said the house of David, which means the empire of David, then everybody said, he must have been real then, and he must have been king. They're finding right now, over there in Gaza, there's a report of hundreds of people in the midst of the battle. They are, they are, they are, they are Muslims and all of that, and, and they are having dreams. And Jesus coming to them saying, I'm the Messiah. Hundreds. You know what I see God doing like never before? And I think the reason why he's doing this is that, is that our time is wrapping up. It's winding up. And what is happening is he is reaching out in ways that he never reached out before in places where they don't even know the Bible, don't have the Bible. And when they're experiencing God, they're experiencing Jesus. Don't ever feel like or be pressured that we are having blind faith. No, it's back. Paul says, he says, he said, I did not receive it of man, but it was given by revelation. He revealed himself to me. He showed me himself. You know, Paul is not the only one. We may not see him as a light brighter than the sun, but he'll show up in your life. If you seek him with all of your heart, if you want to be directed to God, God will show up. We we ought to be to the place that when we pray, we know we're praying to God and we expect the answer. It it, it may be yes, it may be no, it may be not not now, but he will answer you. Hallelujah. We we not become that we're so sure of him that we're more sure of him than we are anything else. Hallelujah. You know, it takes a while to develop the relationship. But once you know that you know, that you know that you know, 
can't nobody turn you around. Why you think there is a, a battle over Jesus and who he is? Because the devil don't want people to see him. Why you think people get offended when you say he's the only way to God? Why do you think people get offended when you say he's God incarnated? He didn't say he was God in the Old Testament, in the, in, in the Gospels. Oh, yes, he did. But he did it in a way that the Jews would know, and that's why they picked up stones. When he said, I am, they knew that he was talking about when he said to Moses, I am. When he said the son, they, because in their minds, the son is equal to the father, and the only one that can be equal to God is God. All over the place, they said he's mad. Matter of fact, they crucified him because he called, they said, because he makes himself God. But what they didn't know, that they was crucifying him because it's already set up that he became a man to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Somebody had to die for us because of the sin that we are in. We all was bound for hell. But God so loved us that God the Son became one of us to stand in our place for us. Oh, 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 oh. Yes, he was in Bethlehem. But you got to lift him above Bethlehem. You got to see him as the risen Savior, as the creator of all the earth. And because he created us for himself, he became one of us to do what we That's love. I wouldn't have done that for you. <laughs> you would have done that for me. <laughs> Not the cross, not the separation from God the Father. I love you, but, but I'm not God. You're not God. If God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit loves us that much, won't he direct you? Won't he guide you? The illustration I gave last week of my grandson was based on the fact I knew something that he didn't know and he didn't understand what I was doing. But I was loving him and doing it. What I'm discovering that even when I don't like what God allows to happen, and when I don't even understand what he's doing, that in his big picture of what he's doing concerning me is good for me. <laughs> Only a few people clapped. Did you, did you notice that? Some of y'all sitting there saying, say what? Okay, let me explain. There are things he has to pry out of our hands out of our attitude, out of our thinking, out of our want to, in order for us to get a deeper relationship with him. 
And if he does not pry it out, we're never going to get there. God showed me this. I said, no, Lord. He said, many of us are like spoiled children. And when we don't get our way, we throw a temper tantrum. Here he is trying to love us, but we think we know. And the truth of the matter, we don't know. Can you imagine Paul saying, everything I thought is a lie. Everything I built my whole life upon was a lie. I have to uproot, tear down all the idols that I have built up, but since I saw a little bit of him, I've seen enough that I'm willing to do it. I now consider, I, and consider me, I, I thought about this thing. I, I looked at Christ and I looked at my life. I looked at Christ and I looked at my life and I realized I was walking in darkness. I, I was walking in what I thought was the truth, but now I realize it's a lie. And now I make the choice. I make the... It is possible to prefer darkness than light. Because we're not willing to let go of what's false because it comforts us. I can't let go of that demon because I'm going to need it tonight. Are we choosing our own pleasure over truth? What I realized that when God calls you to let go of something, he fills it with himself. The relationship with him is better than anything this world has to offer. He says in Acts 26, He's, Paul is, is telling King Agrippa that he said that, that God set me on my purpose. And what he said to me on the road to Damascus is, let me show you what I made you for and the purpose I called you to. And he said, and let me show you the many things you have to suffer for me. I said, suffering? <laughs> huh? <laughs> And, and, and Paul still went forward. Two weeks ago, I was telling you about the Mediterranean Sea, the, the wooden boat. And I've told the story many times, but I never saw the connection. And I said it, but I don't think I, don't think I, I, don't think I explained it well enough. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think you called it because God was revealing it to me as I was saying it. And I, I always talk about the child who was calling his father and the father stooping down to him. But what I didn't see till last week was as I was looking at the Mediterranean Sea and I was asking the question in myself, 
How in the world did Paul have the faith to jump in a wooden ship and sail out there in all that water, going to places? And I was sitting there amazed. I said, wow, what faith. And as I said that, I was interrupted by this little baby saying, Abba. Y'all get me? What I never connected was God was answering my question with what was happening behind me. Here I am in wonderment saying, I don't have the faith to do that. How in the world did Paul have the faith to do that? And in the midst of this came that. I put that separate from this. But last week when I was preaching, God said, I was giving you the answer to your question by showing you this. Oh. <laughs> oh. Let me explain, because some of y'all are still confused. The little baby wanted his father, and his father was the only thing that could satisfy him. So he kept on crying out. Oh. You know what the problem with some of us? We ain't crying enough. We're not crying out. Say, I'm a father. We're not saying, oh, heavenly father. We're not, we're not looking in the right direction. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This little baby was so persistent that nothing else will do. Y'all didn't hear me. Y'all didn't hear me. So you got to get to the place that if your heavenly father don't come see about you, if he don't fix it, if he don't move you, if, oh. Mama stood down, didn't mean nothing. Sister was right there, didn't mean nothing. He was walking around with a pacifier in his mouth, saying, Abba, I want to say, make that baby be quiet. But guess what? I don't care who tells you to shut up. Don't shut up. It reminds me of blind Barbaeus that was blind, and he heard that Jesus was in the facility, and he starts saying, Jesus, Jesus, Messiah, come see about me. The crowd says, shut up. And the more they told him to shut up, the more he started calling. Don't let nobody steal your praise. Don't let nothing steal your peace. Don't let nobody stop in the midst of trouble. Call on him. In the midst of the storm, call on it. In the midst of your heart, call on it. Somebody needs to call on the name of Jesus. Oh. And if you got devils around you, add the blood of Jesus. In the blood of Jesus, by the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, devil. You got to know where your help comes. You got to know where your strength comes. You got to know that nobody or nothing else can do you like Jesus. Until we get real with him, he's not going to show himself. 
When we call on him, knowing that we're going to go back from where we come from. He's going to say, you, you're not desperate enough. You're not desperate enough. When you have cast away everything else. And you say, Lord, all I got is you. Lord, there's nowhere else for me to go. I don't have nobody else but you. The only one I can call on is you. So today, Lord, no matter how long it takes, that's what the little baby was doing. Isn't it funny that God will make a baby teach you? The father was talking to a friend, and I seen the, and now you gotta say, I'm standing here watching this. It was like a movie being played out. I was all up in their business. Because God turned me around and said, look. And I saw the father tell his friend, wait a minute. I got to take care of something. And he went to his son. Hold on. Not from this position. From this position. He stooped down so low that he got eye to eye. Listen. God knows you can't reach him. But if you call him, he'll stoop down to you. I don't care how low you are, he'll stoop down in your mouth. He'll stoop down in your heart. He'll stoop down in your situation. I don't know about you, God had to stoop way down to get me. I didn't reach him. He got all up in my mess. He got up all up in my dirt. And he saw me out of eye. And then I saw the sun reach up and listen, not touch his hand. Touch his face. That's intimacy. That's as intimate as you can get. He, he laid his head. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me show you. God, God saying, the way Paul was able to face that, he didn't see the danger of the sea. <laughs> he didn't see the danger of all the water. He looked past all that, and Tracy, he saw me. When you really see him in the midst of any situation, he'll give you a boldness like you never had before. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. If, if God said, I'm sending you, 
then God is big enough to keep you. If God said, go, because I'm with you, can't nothing happen to you. Don't you know that God will, will, will move folks out of the way just for you? Don't you know that God got his name on you and his reputation on you and he will fight your battles? There can be danger all around you. But if God is with you, the danger will pass over you. Ask the Israelites that put the blood over the doorpost, over the window. And when the death angel came, it struck everybody else. But because they was covered by the blood, it passed. I got a question. I got a question. Do you know your God is sovereign? That means that he's in control. Let me speak to some of uh, our control freaks. You're not in control. You you, you, you are not in control. Let's prove it. Hold your breath for 15 minutes. Let's see how much control you got even over your own body. Okay, let's stop your heart for 10 minutes. So if you can't do that with you, why you think you can control anything else? I, I just came. I, I just came and said, you might as well give it up. You might as well let it go. Walking around, acting like I'm mad because things ain't going your way. Well, as long as you got an attitude, things ain't going to go your way. And if you let God be in control, he'll do it better. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just got to say this. Whatever... I put in his hands. He worked it out better than I could. It may not have happened when I wanted. It may not have happened when I thought I needed it. But when it happened, it was right on time. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because of that experience, I got some expectation of what he has for me in the future. I will never tell you things won't get bad. I will never tell you that God won't do some things that will blow your mind in a negative standpoint. But I will tell you, wait on it. I will tell you, stand right there where he told you to stay. I will tell you, our God is not only a mountaintop God, he's a valley low God. I will tell you that his plan is better than our plan. I will tell you, David, I need your help. David said, I never thought I'd be in trouble like this. I didn't do anything to get in trouble. And my mentor, my friend, is now after me with 3,000 soldiers. I only got 600 soldiers. And now they're coming around the mountain where my cave is. But I hear him say in Psalms 27, if I had not believed. Hold on. He said, I would have fainted. I would have gave up. I would have walked away. I would have died. 
but there's one thing I believe, I trust to see the goodness, the goodness. You know what he's saying? The situation don't look good. The situation don't feel good. But my God, the God that I know, the God that I serve, when I look back over my life, he's been good. He's been good. And if he's been good then, he's going to be good now. Paul, how do you have the faith to get up in that boat? He would say, I I looked into the eyes of Jesus and I saw that he loved me. That little boy saw the love in his father's eyes and he was satisfied. That's the relationship of an earthly father and a heavenly father will do that. How much more will your creator who will look you in your eyes with his eyes. Won't that heal everything? Won't that give you confidence for everything? Some of us are looking for the wrong thing. Your earthly father didn't look in your eyes. Look past your earthly father. Ephesians chapter 3 says that all fatherhood derived from God, our heavenly father, who created us. And when you look at him and he looks into you, nothing is impossible. All power is the same power that rose Jesus, Ephesians chapter 1 says, is extended toward us in our living. So tell me what you can't do. Tell me what you can't go through. At the same power that lifts Jesus, that he got his hands toward you. But you got to look him in his face. And say, Lord, I trust you in spite of. I trust you in the midst of. I shut my ears to everything and everybody else, and I'm going to put it on the line with you. All I can say is, Every time I have done that, he's been more than faithful. Every time he has done that, he brought me through. Because in many ways, I'm extreme. God has had to deal with me on extreme measures. I have fought with demons. And in the name of Jesus, God has given me the 
power to stand boldly and rebuke the demon. If we believe that little boy knew if he called <laughs> long enough, it was going to move his father's, listen, a good father's heart. If we call him and we mean it, and we call with all our heart, he will move. I, it just came to my spirit. He will move heaven and earth <laughs> to come see about you. Oh, he's good. Right now, he's good. Somebody need a call on him right now. At home, if you call him on the name of Jesus and you ask him to come in, he will. For those of us in the audience, I don't know where you're at with the Lord. You may be distant from him because life has not gone your way. And can I, can I step in this just a little bit? If you're playing with him, quit playing with him. Because he knows whether you're playing or not. And, and you can't expect him to step in if you're playing. He'll get as real with you as you are with him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh-huh. I know your back is hurting, but it's okay. He might heal your back when you're praying. Because <laughs> we're going to be touching your back. Yes, Lord. We have young men, young ladies that are there. That if you need prayer, you need a personal touch, they would do that. If you're not sure of your salvation, if you want to restore your relation back, they will pray with you. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and you want to become a member of this church, they will take you out. They will talk with you. They will minister to you. Amen. Amen. At home, there's numbers that are there. If you call, a minister will respond back to you. I don't know about you. I want everybody to be safe. I want everybody to know my Jesus. I don't want nobody to be left out. Listen, heaven is real, but hell is real. But the love of God, it's amazing. It's amazing. Those of you that want to come to the altar, you can come. Bring somebody with you. And if you come, somebody will meet you. If you, if you just want to stand the whole hands, then stand with us in agreement as Minister Willie Wilson take us to the throne of God. Come on. Don't worry about it. Somebody looking at you. Let them look at you as you get your blessing. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Say with me. I got an expectation. I got an expectation. Oh God.
Lord, because we know that you are real. You're better to us than we are to ourselves. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to look down upon